Hello and welcome to Take 18. We are a podcast here where we love to talk about movies um, because, quite simply, we love movies. This show is produced by the Central Coast Film Society. My name is Daniel Lair, the founder and executive director of the Central Coast Film Society. It's great having you guys tuned in today and catching us here for uh, our episode. This is a special episode. We're going to be uh, changing things up just a little bit here because of uh, everything going on, but uh, it's still going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to be sitting here talking to you guys. We're going to go over uh, some aspects of... Uh, a filmmaker's take with me. I'm going to talk about story and plot and all the things that you can do uh, with that. But also, I want to take this time to say happy birthday, Central Coast Film Society. Today, on March 20th, and when we are recording and uploading this, um, it is our second anniversary on uh on March 20th, 2018, we were officially uh, recognized by the IRS as a 501c3 organization. So that's right, we are a, an official nonprofit. We are doing this um, part of the, uh, uh, the, the mission, if you will, of the Central Coast Film Society is to, um, to really uh, have these different venue uh, uh, platforms for um, filmmakers to to be a part of and to be able to listen so by doing this podcast take 18 we're really reaching out and wanting to have uh, as much of a connection with our community as possible especially during these times uh, which are just unprecedented with the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus and um, just having everybody being at home so I think this podcast is going to be uh, very very um a powerful useful tool uh for it so i also want to take this time to just say thank you to all of our board members uh you guys have been fantastic um we are continuing on the central coast film society um i should say that our our mission uh as listed is to celebrate cinema and promote media arts and entertainment on california's central coast and by doing so we will provide educational lectures seminars and or other platforms for central coast filmmakers and students we're going to sponsor and host uh forums and participate in forums and screenings that have an impact on central coast uh community and culture and that's going to include our uh, central coast Film Society screenings, as well as the Central Coast Film Festival, which is still scheduled to happen later this year. So you guys keep your ears open for that. This is our second year. We feel like it's going to be a good time to jump into it. Uh, of course, we have this little bug in the system. Um, and so we're going to be talking about that and uh, going into everything like that. So uh, we'll dive in and maybe we'll even have a special guest join us here in just a moment so in movie news we have the coronavirus which is kind of sending a uh the entire industry along with the rest of the world up in uh, just this unprecedented area and not really sure where things are going to fall quite yet it was announced um that both amc and regal were going to close all theaters back uh several days ago um and so that's all U.S. theaters have been shut down by AMC and Regal, the two largest chains. And that's uh, over uh, 1,200 different theaters. So, And they said that they're going to do that for like 6 to 12 weeks. So um, I'm not sure really where, you know, where we're going to get our fix. And that's something that the studios are going to be looking into as well, is trying to figure out how are we going to get our products to the people and still 
you know, how are we going to make some money with this? So there's a couple of interesting things that's going on right now. So one of the last movies I got to go see with my family was Onward. And uh, so we'll talk about that. But um, the the thing about Onward was like they are now taking that and putting it on Disney Plus, And that's going to be coming out um, very shortly. Actually, it's the first week of April. It's going to be out. So literally the movie was out in I say it's out in theaters for, uh, you know, about a month, I would say less than, you know, a couple of weeks. And now it's going straight to streaming. So the way the technology has kind of changed the landscape of what uh, direct to consumer, um, you know, industry is with the movie industry. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to see that and see what our, our studio is going to try and, you know, recoup some of their losses and just do uh, direct to direct to streaming services and rental uh, services. So that's something that they're looking into, um, you know, the, the whole slew of movies that's coming up, you know, when once we get into Memorial Day, that's kind of the 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 official start of the summer blockbuster movie. So there's a couple different movies that are coming out like Wonder Woman and um, Black Widow. And so they're trying to see like, OK, what are these movies going to do? Are they going to be, uh, are we going to change dates? Are we going to try and do this like a direct to consumer thing? And it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I think Wonder Woman, <laughs> excuse me, Wonder Woman is um, still trying to shoot for a movie theatrical release. Um, they're not quite sure what to do with other things. Uh, as we mentioned before, like um, the James Bond film was supposed to be in April. Uh, that got pushed back to November. Um Paramount's removed, uh, they, they moved uh, Quiet Place 2, and that was supposed to be coming up um, into, a, a, you know, sometime in the future. And so the same thing happened with Mulan. Mulan got uh, pulled back. That was supposed to come out here soon, and that got pushed back. Now, um, Universal, on the other hand, they've been a little bit more proactive, I think, in the, um, in the streaming service. So they're going to have uh, Trolls, the animated film Trolls uh, World Tour. That's going to be going on um, streaming. The Invisible Man's going on streaming. Emma's going to be on streaming. Um, the Hunt will be on streaming. And uh, I think uh, Sony has also shifted Peter Rabbit 2 from April and pushed it down to an August release. So it, it's absolutely, uh, it's just fascinating. Um, in other movie news, you know, of course, the productions are all on hold throughout the entire world. It, it's an unprecedented thing where everything is shut down. Everything's on pause. And, you know, I've heard somebody say, well, this is kind of like the blip, <laughs> you know, Marvel's blip. Yeah. Everything's on pause. We'll come out of it and we'll be okay. Um, but you know, we we're all going to have beards and, uh, smell like BO cause we haven't taken a shower. We're sitting on our couch watching TV all the time. Um, you know, and it, it's funny because now it, we have, I, I was also talking to somebody about this, where we have a world where content is always coming at us where we always have something new, something fresh. And, you know, all the productions are on hold now. We're not going to be getting that. We're not going to be able to go to the movies and watch something new and exciting coming out. Um, you know, we're going to have to wait and everything's getting shifted, which, you know what, in the grander scheme of things, that's fine. We've got all of our old classic movies that we love to watch. You know, all of our old series, all of our old movies um, that we, we should be dusting off, you know, a couple of our DVDs and Blu-rays and sticking them in and actually watching something that is not digitized, you know, um, 
if you got a VHS, uh, go for it. Uh, but my point is, is that the the way that we have to create content, and we always are are hungry for new content. Um, we're gonna have to settle for some of our, yeah, I don't want to say leftovers, but it's we're gonna have to settle for what we loved in the first place, you know, touch back in with our roots. I think that's going to be a fun thing for everybody to do during this, um, this just period of uncertainty for the next several weeks, it looks like where we're just going to be sitting down and watching some of our old favorites. And I think it's a great time, you know, for families like with me, I have two little kids, but I'm going, you know, what movies did I watch when I was that age? What movies do I remember starting to watch? And can I start to introduce them to those movies? And I think that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, personally that I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, it's interesting that, you know, all productions have to shut down, you know, we're, we're on that hiatus, you know, it, I even saw a, um, you know, film schools, uh, one of my, my old teachers at uh, Santa Barbara City College is now the chair of the production department down there. And I saw an email he sent out to all the students saying, you know, they don't condone filmmaking anymore with uh, in teams or your crews, your your casting crew, and you got to do everything at home by yourself, which honestly, when you have something like that, to me, it's more... Um, beneficial, I think, to you as a filmmaker to just be at home, make something on your own, uh, sit around, see what you've got. What do you got laying around and what can you make with it and what can you make it look like? To me, that is really part of, uh, it's a skill to take something, turn it into something else, something unexpected and be able to showcase what you can do with that. I mean, you can take your time. We got plenty of time now, but uh, definitely look into it and see what you can do. Um, it, it's a time where we can sit at home, we can reflect on what our craft is, what our skills are, and I think we're all going to come out of this actually um, a little bit better. To be honest, I, I I really do. If we all stick to it, we just keep creating, keep keep doing stuff. You know, I'll I'll keep making podcasts. <laughs> so uh, may not have any uh, in studio guests, uh, but we will uh, we'll do what we can. Um, but I'll definitely come to you with uh, some of our uh, chats. Um, of course, uh, with Central Coast Film Society, our events have been postponed uh we had one screening that was coming up in a, a little uh get together we had a couple other things that are still scheduled um for possibly later this year but of course we're waiting to see kind of how everything is going to go and uh of course then we'll bring that info to you as soon as humanly possible um so getting into other things uh one of the things that i wanted to talk about is kind of do a filmmaker's take with you guys and so when you're home you're working on all these different projects that you've been thinking about and, um, you know, different things you've been wanting to do. Uh, I want to kind of get back and touch in with a little bit of just some of the basics here. So some of the basics um, that I really want to talk to you guys about today is all about story. And when you are creating something and keeping keeping, uh, your story in mind, that that's always going to stick with you. And I honestly, this is probably the most important thing that you need to always constantly think about is story. Um, I think about stories in, in whatever I do, even if it's not filmmaking, if I'm working on an event or an attraction or something else, uh, I want to know the story behind it. Because to me, um, we as human beings are always kind of 
we're, we're, we're naturally inclined to listen to stories. We want to know things. We want to know somebody else's story. So it's very important. Um, when you're coming up with the story that you want, you want to tell, you want to tell a story that's important to you, something that is resonating to you. You don't want to pick a story that you're kind of like meh about. You want to definitely do something that you feel a passion for, uh, that you are inspired to do and that you want to inspire other people and tell them and, and move them in that way. And that can be anything from a documentary to, a, you know, drama to a, a horror movie to, to, to an action film. You know, any of that is, is fair game. Um, but I will also caution you with this and, and keep this in mind at all times about your story is to keep it simple. <laughs> I'll say that one more time. Keep it simple. The simpler the story, the better it's going to be. And it's that's not to say that you can't have complex issues going on, but it's really, really necessary to break things down just to be as simple as humanly possible. And it reminds me of uh, it's Sir Arthur Thomas Quiller Couch. He came up with the seven basic stories that are out there. And, and kind of the idea behind this was that there are seven stories that have that are only going to be told and it's always going to be these seven things and whatever you're going to tell your story of, it's going to be a variation of it. So, and that is man versus man, man versus nature, man versus self, man versus God, man versus society, and then man and woman. So there you go, which, you know, that could be a versus as well. <laughs> um, but the the it, it's fascinating to think about, you know, when it, it's your your conflict is on everything here. Your conflict is about, uh, you know, man versus man. If you're going up against a bad guy, you know, crime fighting or if it's man versus nature. We've seen plenty of nature and disaster films and just being out there. Um, man versus self, you know, self-reflection. What's you know, what's your internal battles and struggles? Uh, man versus God, things that are, you know maybe supernatural and, and going out and about man versus society, you know, it's a rebellion, uh, you know, something, you know, almost like the hunger game sort of thing, uh, you know, where they're trying to, the, the going up against the man sort of thing. Um, and then man, woman, you know, it, it's a love story. It's, it's about people coming together. Uh, and basically the, those simple kind of, uh, frameworks, if you keep in mind that it, it does work out. And so, I think as long as when you're thinking about your story and your plot, uh, that is vitally important. Now, plot is another really interesting um, thing that, you know, people go, well, okay, what's the difference between plot and a story? Well, plots are kind of points within a story, uh, it, it, kind of. And so it, to really look at it, Aristotle uh took a really good look at this in, in his book, The Poetics. And that's where he speaks about plot or uh, mythos is the other word um, and the elements of drama. And so Aristotle wrote that a, uh, a type of plot can be divided into three parts, which is the beginning, a middle and an end. And um, that, that's true. And that's something that, you know, it, it's a structure. It, it's, a, it's a pattern. It's something that we are used to hearing as um, listeners and consumers of stories and plots. And it's, it's, really, uh, it's really interesting to see that. And so 
but how these plots work and how how everything flows together i mean you can go and get your masters in, in this kind of stuff so i am literally skimming the surface on all this for you but um one of course the things to look at is is just the way that things are are structured um in terms of plot points and you know at the very beginning um there was a it's freytag's pyramid <laughs> and freytag it was a a man who who took the um, basically what Aristotle did, and with the beginning, middle, and end, and then kind of flushed that out a little bit. Where, you know, first you have your exposition and introduction of the story, and then the rising action, the climax, the falling action, and then the conclusion. Um, and so with that, he makes this pyramid of where you know if it's a flat timeline, and then with your introduction, it's flat. And then starts to rise with the rising action until it gets to the very top, which is the climax, you know, the, the pinnacle up there. And then it starts to fall down and falling action. You're heading back down to that flat line in your conclusion. And um, it just flattens out right there at the end. And so it's back to the normal timeline. So it creates this pyramid, this arch, however you want to look at it. Um, but it's interesting that things go like that because the beginning, middle and end is also kind of the same structure as a three act structure. And three-act structures um, are something I think that more people are kind of aware of as well um, when it comes to your, uh, you know, not necessarily what Freytag was talking about, but it, it's all in that structure. Um, so when you have Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, uh, you have that basically in just about any story. Um, I think you it's argue, arguable that uh, you could even span those across trilogies. Um, a lot of people say that, you know, the, the second movie has got more of the meat in it because you're not introducing all the characters. Everybody knows the characters and it's really about that character development. And, uh, that's, I think a fascinating way to look at it because that it falls right in line with this. So let me get into this a little bit. So act one, uh, where your exposition and your introduction is, is presented to the audience. And that's to introduce everything. That's the world is is in your introduction. And it's, I think, also probably one of the most vital steps to, to really be aware of is your introduction. Because without your your solid introduction or exposition, exposition as to what's going on, um, audiences aren't going to connect with your world. And they're not going to connect with the characters uh, that you're you're trying to have them connect with because you as an audience member you need to connect and follow and be a part of the hero's journey uh which is another sep separate topic that we we can talk about that later on another uh, podcast but just want to talk about story so the introduction though is absolutely vital to make sure that that is uh ongoing um for the continuity of the entire uh journey that that this world is going to go on because it's going to change <laughs> so it, this is also where um after everything's introduced this is where the uh what's called the inciting incident or the catalyst is going to confront the main character and so this is where the character gets kind of pushed out of the norm out of that normal world that you've established and their decision on how they handle that incident is going to change the character it's going to change maybe the world that's around them it's going to send, set them off on their own character arc and it, that is is the 
that is the first plot point. Uh, that's what's known as a plot point. That, is, that plot point right there is also the transition from Act 1 to Act 2. So Act 2 is now going to be all the rising action. This is uh, this is where the character is, you know, you know, our, our protagonist is going to have to deal with the forces that are coming at him by the antagonist or whatever the conflict may be. So the confrontation, the conflict, uh, this is usually where the main character kind of realizes he doesn't have all the skills. Um, you know, he or she may have some things. They may be clever to get uh, get through a few obstacles, but they have not quite mastered what's going on in their world there might be something bigger and larger and they have to figure it out and this is where we start to see them start to train or learn or uh, plan you know this is where your rocky montage is going to come in is right in act two and (laughs) where they really want to um, train and learn and know how to overcome that that huge obstacle that's in in the background this is also where they'll probably uh, lose a battle you know this is where they're gonna have struggles and um, not quite measure up to what their potential could be and so that's where it gets interesting as a in terms of character you know it's it's one thing to see Superman but it's another thing to see what happens when Superman fails you know what happens when something like that happens and it's bad um, so it, it's good it, it's good conflict it's good writing it's good storytelling so um, now the moment that the protagonist is uh, is starting to kind of get into the rhythm and start to build his uh, or her confidence in what they're doing, um, the tension starts to rise. The stakes are getting bigger and and everything is rising. So that is literally the rising action and it's building up to the climax, to the final confrontation. And once the the moment that the protagonist is is stepping into that final confrontation, that is a plot point and that's the entry into the third act. So plot point two is a transition from act two to act three and act three finally is the climax it's it's the falling action and the resolution so um this is literally <laughs> this is where all the the that you've been building up for is is going to happen here this is what people are coming to see so they need to make sure that everything here in the end of the movie in act three end of the story is is satisfying is a payoff but is also unexpected the um the resolution or conclusion is kind of that small glimpse into the new world of what the characters are going to be in uh so following the the massive climax that you've been building up and that you've been working towards whatever that may be and and of course uh, this is all you know subjective you know, a big climax that doesn't have to be a, a battle, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings style battle with millions of, of people. You know, it could be a small conflict with a, you know, with a family member, with a office or, you know, it could be something small. But it's still it's the big thing that everyone wants to see. How is our hero going to over, overcome it? And once they do, once that climax is is done, then it's the falling action. It's the sense of where are things going to fall into place now that they've won uh, or maybe not one. Um, so th- that's that's the falling action. Things are starting to get maybe a little normalized. And then the resolution is the uh, the conclusion where it's the payoff. 
is what has happened now that the climax is over, the falling action is done, the chips, the dust has settled, the chips have fallen, what is going on in this world? And I honestly think this might be the second most important part of the story um, with leaving the audience with a satisfying conclusion. I, I mean, one thing I, I always like to say is like, how many movies can you think of that you've been to where you feel like the movie would have been so much better if it wasn't for that last five minutes? If, if they had just not done A, B, or C and just, you know, done X, Y, and Z, then this movie just would have been so much better there at the end. Like, I wait, why did they have to go there? Why did they have to do it? So um, your conclusion is definitely, uh, it, it's important to keep your audience in mind. Where do you want them to go after this journey? And you, throughout this whole thing, throughout Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, through all these plot points, you also need to be consistent, I think. Um, you can't have something that's out of character or out of character for your story. Definitely think of your character as a, or the, I'm sorry, think of your story as a character. If your story is a character, you're going to love it. You're going to see it grow and move through that same character arc that your characters are going in. The story itself has to mature and grow and overcome things. And, uh, I, it still has to be simple. It still has to be those basic raw things like boy likes girl, but now the boy has to go, you know, fight a evil wizard in order to get the girl or, you know, any of these things. You can pick and choose and start throwing things in there. It doesn't matter. And even if it's a documentary, if it's something that is dealing with real life situations, the story that you tell, it's still a story that's kind of built upon that, where you can do something about, uh, for example, like a guy that's uh, just goes out and does metal detecting all day long on the beach. And what is that building up to? What is that uh, leading towards? Is is there? Does he find something at the end? Does he find something that's been meaningful for him, for his life that he's been searching for for years and nobody's really known and he finally gets it and maybe it's broken? You know, there's there's a lot of things that you can go into like that. Um, and always look at what's the story, what's the purpose, and what is the conclusion? What do I want people to walk away with once I'm done telling them my story? And I think if you do that, you keep it in mind, keep it simple, keep it, keep it direct. You are going to have an amazing story. And so with that, I, I think look around your home. Think of what stories you can tell. Think about what... Is it around my house that I can sit and maybe think that there's a story behind this? There's a story behind, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, there's a story behind everything. There's a, uh, everything in your house has come from somewhere. Everything in your house you've picked up, you've gone to the store, you've gone and brought back. And for what purpose? What purpose is that thing there for? Uh, of course, I'm talking about things and that you can get into uh, more plot devices and that's, uh, you know, MacGuffins and red herrings and <laughs> things like that. Uh, again, that's something I think we can talk about later. But again, for stories, we are classic story listeners. We all want to listen to stories, uh, if that's either with our ears or our eyes, or even just having an experience that's still telling a story. I think what as storytellers, we are storytellers because we love listening to stories. 
we all love movies and that's why we're listening to this podcast right now and that's why I'm here doing this podcast but it it's also because we want to share what stories we have in our hearts and it's um you know it's an honor i think honestly when you think about it as a as a filmmaker to be able to make a story and then be able to send that off and have other people um listen and appreciate those stories so Best of luck and uh, get to writing. All right, we are joined now by a very special in-studio guest here on our second anniversary. One of the reasons why I created the Central Coast Film Society was to do it for our newest generation. And here today with us, I have four and a half year old Amelia Rose Lair. This is my daughter. Amelia, say hi. 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 Thank you for coming, Amelia. Oh, well, thank you. So, Amelia Rose, I have to ask you a question. What is your favorite movie? Frozen. Frozen? <laughs> the new Frozen movie? What do you like about it? You like what? Oh, the Enchanted Forest? <laughs> yeah. And I heard the sign mad and I heard the sign mad. Oh, where's she find looking for her mommy? At yeah. At the tower. Do you like what do you like about it? Do you like the the characters? Do you like the music? I kind of like the music. You do like the music. What's your favorite song? Um, the on I heard the night. Just mommy. Oh, where she's going to go find her mommy in the ice? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty good. What other movies do you like to see? I mean, if you were to sit down and watch something else with uh, mommy or daddy, what do you like to watch? Just Frozen? <laughs> Which is true. Mm, I kind of like the new Lion King movie. Oh, the new Lion King movie. Yeah, absolutely. You like all the animals and everything like that? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. That is that was that one of the animals? <laughs> no. But I didn't I see, yes, very exciting. Um, Amelia, I want to ask you a quick question though, because uh recently, um before uh, all this craziness, we made a trip down to Disneyland. <laughs> do you like Disneyland? I you do. Now there's there's a thing down there called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Are you a fan of Star Wars? I am. What did you come home with? Um Porg. A Porg. You came home with a Porg. Why do you love the Porg? That I I it's it chewy. Because it's it's it likes chewy? Uh-huh. You like chewy? Uh-huh. Why do you like Chewy? I don't like them. You just like them? Mm-hmm. Have you ever met Chewy? Uh-huh. Yeah. What what how, who else did you meet there? Ray. Ray? No way. That's awesome. <laughs> and what what did you guys do? You used the force. Wow. Did they she trained you how to use the force? Uh-huh. That's that's pretty uh, pretty incredible, kid. <laughs> Where, are you pretty? Are you uh, one with the force? Uh huh. 
And you're you're pretty strong in the force, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amelia, have you ever seen any of the movies that Daddy has made? Oh, the new, well, that's the one Daddy, <laughs> yeah. We we did go see the new Star Wars movie. What other movie did we go see recently? I don't know. Do you remember going to see Onward? Uh, did you like that? I did. I'm the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did like that movie. Into the Wild. We did go see that one. You're right. Yep. <sighs> what, and uh, is there any movies coming out you're excited for? Uh, What's that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Okay, very good. Amelia Rose, I want to take this moment to say thank you so much for stopping by our studio and uh, coming in to say hi and talk to us about movies. So thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Have a great day. And that's a wrap on this edition of Take 18. This has been a production of the Central Coast Film Society. Again, we are a 501c3 organization. Two years as of today. Uh, so again, happy birthday, Central Coast Film Society. I, I also just want to take this moment to say I'm so proud of all the stuff that uh, has gone on and that we are planning on doing. I'm so glad uh, and blessed that we have been able to touch so many lives of uh, student filmmakers and aspiring filmmakers. I've been able to meet you guys at all these events and uh, it, it's really been a treat. And I, I just thank you guys for coming and supporting. Um, without you guys showing up, these events and everything like that would not happen. Listening to the show, if you weren't listening, it would not happen. Uh, so thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, of course, if you want to make a bigger difference, a bigger splash, you could, of course, always make a donation, uh, purchase a membership, or uh, just come to the events. And you can find uh, more information on centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information, sign up for our newsletter, or, of course, social media. Again, I uh, want to thank you guys so much. And uh, make sure you subscribe. Share this, please. Share this uh, podcast so it gets out there in the world. And uh, we'll be doing more of this while you guys are hunkering down, enjoying your movies. Maybe we can. Uh, you guys can always also send in your messages if you want. If you are looking around and you see the on our, our show notes there, there's a link where you can actually leave a message for us. And I'm happy to take your messages, your calls, <laughs> if you will. And we'll put that into the show. And I'm happy to talk to you guys via that way. All right. Thank you again so much for your support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's been a blast. And that's a take. <laughs>